What's up, everybody? Welcome back to GMs for Hire. My name is Will Folson, alongside with RJ, Matt, and Jamil today to bring you the wild card round preview of the NFL playoffs. We have reached the playoffs. We have reached the final. We know exactly who's going to be in, and so we will go over those six games a little bit more in detail than we typically do uh, since we we don't have too many games to cover. I know, uh, Matt, I want to say, just correct me if I'm wrong here on the standings. I want to say we're still doing the standings bit. We're still trying to predict the games. Uh, If I'm not mistaken, I'm lead dog by three games over Matt. And then Jamil's in second, six games back behind me. RJ, eight games back behind me. All right. Just wanted to double check. So, yeah. So, me in first, Matt in second by three games. Jamil, three games behind Matt. And then RJ, two games behind Jamil. So, yeah, we're running out of games here, but it, it we're at last week, man. I picked those games slightly inebriated. Um, <laughs> everyone had a good week, everyone had a really good week. Uh, Will and I both went 14 and two, which I think is the best week. That's a new record, had, it definitely I think. is. And then, and then RJ and Jamil both went 13 and three. So, uh, no one had oh, yeah, come week. on, you guys yeah. had great weeks. We just it's it just unfortunate, but it's just late in the season. So, what are you gonna do? Little games left to call, and so we're going to get right into it. We're going to start on the AFC side of things, uh, talking about those first matchups. And the first matchup we're going to talk about is the Ravens at the Titans, the five versus the four. Uh, This is going to be an interesting game. Both teams very rush heavy. Uh, Both teams have had question marks on you know, uh, we've seen question marks for Baltimore on the offensive side. We've seen question marks on Tennessee for the defensive side. Uh, RJ, talk a little bit about uh, what you're expecting from this game. This right here was probably the toughest game for me to pick because these two teams are kind of mirror images of each other. They're going to run the ball a lot, like you mentioned. They're going to play great defense most of the time. Uh, this right here is such an even matchup. This was a really tough one to pick. I think this is going to be probably the best game of the entire weekend. Um, at the end of the day, if you've watched Tennessee play this year, there have been times where they look really good, and there have been times where they've kind of looked suspect, where their defense just isn't really clicking, and, you know, God forbid you hold Derrick Henry under 150 yards. Ryan Tannehill can do it on his own, but – You'd prefer to just hand the ball to 22 if you can. If Baltimore can find a way to slow Derrick Henry down, you're not going to stop him. You have to just slow him down. With the way Baltimore's offense has been looking this last month and a half of the season, how Lamar is starting to look more like MVP Lamar instead of, you know, is this our guy, Lamar? Um, I'm picking Baltimore. Uh, to go to Nashville and beat Tennessee. But I do – I think this is going to be the best game of the weekend. Matt, give me uh, – we know you're the big Titans guy on the network. Uh, give us a, an X factor if Tennessee is to win this game. And don't say Derrick Henry. Give us another name. <laughs> I mean, I was kind of riding on Derrick Henry because, of course, he is their best player, at uh, no doubt about that, and he has almost carried their offense all season. Uh, I am confident in Ryan Tannehill, though. I mean, he, he had a pretty good year. Uh, took his team 11 and five, whether he's handing it off to Henry or, or throwing it, of course. Uh, and I do think he has what it takes to get it done. Uh, when you look at the defenses, though, 
uh, the most interesting part of the game for me, at least, is that these are the first and second ranked uh, rushing defenses in the league, uh, Baltimore first, Tennessee second. So whether for Baltimore, whether it's Ingram, Dobbins, uh, or even Lamar rushing the ball, it's not going to be that easy for them because there's nobody else in the league besides themselves that could defend the run better. So I guess the X factor for me would be the rushing defense of the Tennessee Titans. And Jamil, let me get one. Uh, give, me, give me an X factor from the Baltimore Ravens if they are to pull this game out. Uh, it's going to be J.K. Dobbins. He's taken over the lead back role over the past few weeks for the Ravens. They're playing a tight team that really hasn't been able to stop the run a lot this year. Uh, I picked the Ravens because the Titans' inability to stop the run a lot. Um, I think their defense is just a lot more leakier than the Ravens' defense, and I think that the Ravens' defense will make one or two more plays than the Titans will win this game. Matt, we've heard from both RJ and Jamil. They're both taking the Ravens. Where are you going in this game? I got to stick with the Titans. I, it's not going to be easy. And I do think it's going to be a very close game no matter what, but I do think the Titans will be able to pull this one out. Ultimately, I ended up picking the Ravens. Uh, I think that, like RJ said, Lamar's looking a lot better as of late. Uh, this team right now is playing very well. They're looking like the team we expected early on in the beginning of the season. Their defense has been clicking all season. The offense is finally picking back up, uh, finally giving the lead back roles to J.K. Dobbins. He's been taking absolute full advantage of it. R.J.'s been saying it, you know, to, to finally make it happen. Quit shoving Ingram down everybody's throat, and they're doing it. And now – Dobbins is literally running down everybody's throat. So they've been looking very good on both sides of the ball. Uh, just because of the more complete look of the Baltimore Ravens, I'm going to have to go with them off of rip. But that brings us to the next game in which the Indianapolis Colts are going to be visiting Buffalo uh, while the wagon circler Bills are going to be hosting them uh, Matt, I'm going to start with you. Give us just give us your thoughts. A little bit of a breakdown here on Colts and Bills. Uh, well, definitely the main thing to look for in this game is the bull, uh, not the Bulls, the Bills offense. I led by Josh Allen, who had a spectacular season. Uh, almost every game you see him throwing for 350 plus, 400 yards. Uh, they've really picked it up and put it together this year. This is their best. Uh, season in recent memory. I know this is their first home playoff game since I want to say 96 or something. So it's been a long time since they were in this position. 13-3, uh, they had a great season. Uh, Stefan Diggs coming in. Obviously, we've discussed that in the past. It's been a great pickup. Uh, that's something to look at for sure. Can Phillip Rivers get it done in the playoffs? He's had his moments in the playoffs with the Chargers in the past. It's, you know, he's had his ups and downs in the playoffs for sure. Uh, will he be able to get it together? We're going to find out. I think uh, Jonathan Taylor uh, is going to be the X factor for the Colts. Uh, as long as he's in and getting reps, I think they can be successful offensively. Jamil, I'll offer you that question whenever it comes to Phillip Rivers. Do you think he has what it takes to overcome this Bills defense? <laughs> no. No, not at all. Um, Matt, when I say you said uh, the big thing is Josh Allen, the quarterback. No, that's not the biggest thing in this game. The biggest thing in this game is that the Bills can have fans. If I see one fan break one table before this game starts, the Bills are winning the Super Bowl. If I see one fan dive down and break a table, there's no way they don't win the Super Bowl. I'm telling you that right now. Do not let Bills Mafia get routed right for this game. I'm telling you right now. Don't let it happen. <laughs> it's finally happening. We're finally getting If I see here. one tailgate and there's a table that breaks – they're winning the Super Bowl, I promise you. 
I don't even care if it's just one guy happens to be sitting there with a table and the other guy, some guy not even affiliated, just runs right through their table. I, I, I'm don't let me it. see a table get broken. I'm counting it. <laughs> uh, RJ, you know, we've been uh, we've we've harped the fact that no one circles the wagons like the Bills, no. obviously. Uh, they've been on absolute fire that at the end of the season here. They've lost only a couple of uh, a, a couple of games and a lot of them in very close fashion. Uh, do you think, uh, you know, I, I know where you're going in this game. Do you think the Bills have what it takes to contend for the AFC championship? Absolutely. Uh, this is the only team in the AFC, I think, that can knock off the Chiefs because this is the only team in the AFC that can score with the Chiefs. Uh, if you look at Pittsburgh, they're not going to score with them. Cleveland's not going to score with them. Indy, you mentioned Jonathan Taylor, Matt. That's that's correct. Get the ball out of Phillip Rivers' hands because that guy's not going to do it. Uh, who else we got in the AFC? Who else? Those are – and I'm missing one, right? Pittsburgh, Cleveland, and Cleveland. Yeah, the Titans. Yeah, Titans and the Ravens. None <laughs> of those teams are going to be able to score with the Kansas City Chiefs. Only Buffalo can do it. And I pray that we get – a Buffalo-Kansas City AFC championship game. And I hope that whoever the scoreboard operator is ate their Wheaties that morning because they are about to get a workout. It's going to look like a 2015 Big 12 game if Buffalo can go and play Kansas City. So just for the sake of wanting to see good games, Buffalo's got to take care of business. They can't let this moment be too big. You mentioned they haven't had a home playoff game in, what, 20, 25 years, whatever. This is going to be big just to just to control the emotions. Don't let it get too big. Just go out there and do what you've done 13 times this year, and that's win the football game. All right, RJ, while you're on it, who you got, Colts or Bills? Oh, that's, listen, listen. Jamil mentioned they're going to have fans, and there will be tables broken, and nobody circles the wagons like, like the, Buffalo the Buffalo Bills. Bills. There oh. you go. Oh. Matt? Indianapolis or Buffalo, who you got? It's an easy pick for me. I got to go Buffalo. Jamil? Bro, give me the Bills. Give me the Bills all day. I'm riding the Bills all the way. All right, here's the question. Uh, obviously, we know it's going to happen, but how many videos are we going to see that go viral of tables breaking? I'm going to go over, under, one and a half. Are, we, are there going to be more than one videos of tables being broken, or are we just going to get the one golden one? Oh, yeah. Over, oh yeah, everybody's gonna go nuts. Over. The one game this season at just go crazy. Let's just you break them to. all. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. That brings us to the interdivisional matchup in the AFC side of things as the Cleveland Browns. Congratulations for making the playoffs. Uh, shout out to them breaking the playoff drought. We'll be visiting the Pittsburgh Steelers to take on them in the first round. Uh, Jamil, give us a little breakdown of this game. Uh, it's pretty funny that the Steelers played their backup quarterback against the Browns, have them beat them, and they got rewarded with going right back to Pittsburgh the next week. And, oh, they get to play the starters, and they barely beat the backups. So, you know, it's not the best look for the Browns coming into the game. Obviously, they're really going to be hurting if with Kevin Spence not be able to coach or the team's been dealing with COVID for the past few weeks. So that's not looking too good for the Browns. Um, the Steelers, I don't think they've lost to the Browns in a very, very long time. 
Obviously, we know they started off really, really hot. They've come down to earth. But to me, you know, this team's this team's just better than the Browns at the end of the day. No no knock on the Browns. I was probably one of the only people that was high on the Browns before the season started. I remember week one, I picked them to win, and they got trounced by the Ravens. But uh, I stayed with them. They had a good season. But I think the Steelers are just going to be a little bit too much this game. RJ, I'll turn it over to you. Uh, we know that Kevin Stefanski is not going to be there for this game. We know that that's going to be a big piece uh, for Cleveland. Talk a little bit about how much that means for Cleveland to lose their head coach. Well, I mean, that's that's huge. I mean, come on. This is a team you mentioned. They broke the longest playoff drought in the NFL. They finally made the playoffs first time in forever. And how? what do you get rewarded with? A division game at Pittsburgh without your head coach. So that's a shame for the Browns. Uh, it's a shame that, you know, they finally get their chance in the playoffs and these circumstances come up. But listen, just because the head coach is out, what, what are you supposed to do? Pack it up, not not play the game? Should you even make the trip to Pittsburgh? No, you got a game to play. You got a whole city, a whole fan base behind you. They have wanted playoff football for 20 years, and now you have a chance to go out there and give it to them. Yeah, you don't have your head coach. I believe he's the play caller too. Here's what you do. You don't overthink it. You have the best, best running back duo in the NFL, hand the ball to them 50 times. I'm not kidding. I don't want to see Baker Mayfield throw the ball more than 25 times. I'm serious when I say that. And I, and then I just no disrespect to Baker. I don't think he's a liability, but when you have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, feed it, feed them, feed them, feed them, force feed them. If they know you're going to run, be like, yeah, we're going to run and then still run it. Like just, force it down their throat. It will pay off in the fourth quarter. And I am actually going to pick the Cleveland Browns to go win this football game. I don't know why. Um, I don't believe the Steelers. I just don't. I, there's something wrong with this team. I don't think they can run the ball. Are we going to trust Big Ben to get, get it done through the air? Who knows what the weather's going to be like in Pittsburgh? It is January. The defense is very good. I do think Baker is going to have trouble. T.J. Watt's going to put Baker on his back a couple times. But just keep handing the ball off to Chubb and Hunt. It really is that simple, and I think that's a formula to a Browns win. All right, Matt, you told us that before we came on that you had a Matty stat for this game. I'd love to hear what you got served up for this one. So the Browns' last road win in Pittsburgh was week five in 2003 – uh, Baker Mayfield was eight years old. So, yeah, it's been a while for the Browns. And I know RJ was talking about whether or not you trust Big Ben or or uh, or anybody really on the Steelers, considering they had that whole uh, kind of collapse almost at the end of the season. I mean, they're playing at home in the playoffs. I don't think there's anywhere Big Ben's more comfortable. I mean, he's had he's had plenty of success over the years, especially at Heinz Field. Um Mike Tomlin, of course, still there. He's comfortable. And the, the, the Browns have not had success there. And who knows? We haven't seen this Browns team in a playoff atmosphere. Uh, many of the players on their team have limited playoff experience, uh, their starting quarterback included. So I still got to trust the Steelers. Just I know this season wasn't the best a 12-4 and four team has done, but I do think it's enough to beat the Browns. I'm pretty sure Big Ben's lost to the Browns two times his whole career. 
I was going to say shout out to Baker Mayfield this season for becoming the winningest quarterback in at that Cleveland Brown stadium, because before that it was big Ben and that's embarrassing. The fact that an away quarterback has the most wins at your stadium is that lets you know what was going on in Cleveland. But uh, RJ, I'll start with you. Uh, you said you taken the Browns. So uh, I guess I won't start with you. We know exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Matt Steelers Browns, where are you going? I'm going to have to go to Pittsburgh. It's a home game. I got to trust it. Jamil? Uh, Baker has the most efficient season. The Browns had a good run, but I think the Steelers end that this week. Yeah, I, ha- I have to go with the Steelers myself. At the end of the day, it's like like has been mentioned. It's a home game. It's, it hasn't won since your quarterback was eight years old. Uh, let's let's be honest. Everything's kind of pointing at the Steelers right now. Yes, they they did kind of, you know, they, they lost their steam at the end there, but they picked it back up after a big win against Indianapolis. That was huge. And then obviously sitting the starters, and like Jamil said when we started, they barely even beat the backups. So we'll move on to the NFC side of things, looking at the playoff picture over there. We're going to start – with the the big game for you fellas, uh, being the Washington football team hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, RJ, I'll start with you. Tell us a little bit, just a breakdown of this game. So on paper, this should be a layup. Uh, the Bucks got the easy game in the NFC. They get rewarded with Washington. They should go in there, take care of business. Here's a team that was under 500. Uh, they, you know, they've struggled at times this season and the Bucks are firing on all cylinders right now. Offensively, they are just, they are getting it out to all of their weapons. And I think everybody knew that if this point in the season came to where Mike Evans was getting his, Godwin was getting his, Gronk was getting his, AB was getting his, this team's going to be very dangerous and very hard to beat. Well, here we are. AB's getting touchdowns. Mike Evans is breaking records. Gronk and Brady are breaking records. Godwin's producing. Like, this is a very dangerous team. I, I will say I am worried because Washington's defensive line versus Tampa's offensive line. I think I mentioned it a few weeks ago. I don't want to see Chase Young versus Donovan Smith. That is not a matchup that favors the Bucks at all. That matchup right there could single-handedly cost the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this game. But on the flip side, I don't believe Washington can score. If the Bucs score 20 points in this game, it should be game over. All right, Matt, I'll turn it over to you. We saw Mike Evans go down with an injury last week. Uh, currently, he is questionable. He did not participate in practice on Tuesday. Uh, we're, we're waiting to see if he's going to be a game time decision, if he's going to be in or out. Could you speak a little bit to what losing Mike Evans would mean for this Bucks team? Do you think it'd be a difference maker or do you think the Bucks could still get it done? I mean, it definitely takes away a, a part of their offensive production. But the good thing about the Bucks offense is that pretty much everyone can produce. I mean, you, you picked up Gronk, you picked up A.B., you picked up, I mean, you still have Chris Godwin. You have weapons other than Mike Evans as to where Mike Evans is great and he's still wide receiver one in my in my book and should be in the Bucks book as well. But I don't think they need him to win this game. Uh, I, I think his health is a, it should be the main focus just in case they do go to the next round. I think they could do without him if they have to. Um, I do think he will wind up being, yeah, as you mentioned, a game time decision. I think he'll play, honestly, but uh, if he doesn't, I don't think it's the end of the world for the Bucs. 
Jamil, we've seen that the Bucks can struggle a little bit throughout the season when facing a tough front seven. Uh, obviously, there's a little bit of question marks, you know, not the greatest of blockers at the tackle positions uh, for the uh, for the Buccaneers. And this this front seven for the Washington football team is absolutely electric. They are very good at getting to the quarterback. Do you think that the Washington has as good of a chance as rattling Tom Brady as everybody's saying? Uh, I definitely think they have a good chance of getting the Tom Brady, but um, it's going to have to come from the outside, you know, through the inside. I think the offensive line is going to hold up in the interior. Uh, obviously the main matchup is going to be is can Donovan Smith uh, keep Brady up on his feet. And uh, I think he'll be able to do it just enough. Obviously it's going to be a challenge of Chase Young and others coming after him. And obviously they're going to be able to get their pressures and they're going to hit Brady a couple of times. But uh, I think though, I think the, the sacks will be avoided, which is the big thing. All right. RJ going to you bucks at football team. Who you got? I'm going with the Bucks. I don't think there's any way Mike Evans misses this game either. Even if he's out there as a decoy, he will be active. Matt, turn it over to you. I got to go with the Bucks. They've scored 24 plus points in seven straight games. It's going to be eight, no matter no whether Chase Young gets five sacks or zero sacks. They're putting up 24 plus. Jamil, uh, yeah, I'm going with the Bucks too. I agree, with RJ. I think uh, Mike Evans will play, but I think he's going to be a decoy. But I don't think the Redskins can score. Uh, they, they barely beat the Eagles, who were literally trying to lose. And Alex Smith really can't run away from any kind of sacks. And, uh, but don't sleep on the Redskins secondary. They actually have one of the league's more underrated secondaries. So I think it's going to be a good matchup between them and the receivers. But I think it'll be the Bucks will get enough done. I think I'm not concerned about the defensive part of Washington. I think they're going to hold their own. I'm just concerned about the offensive production. I just don't know what Alex Smith can do. I mean, obviously, congratulations. Hell of a season, dude. I mean, you came back. Obviously, the I mean, the award should be named after you, man. Absolutely phenomenal. Thir- 13, maybe even more surgeries. I don't know the exact number, but they, they told him he wasn't going to walk again. They told him he wasn't going to run. He wasn't going to play sports. And here he is. And he's taking a team to the playoffs. Uh, shout out Alex Smith. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I'm going with the Buccaneers. The, they're just on paper. They're they're superior in almost every way. I mean, they're just they're a phenomenal team. Shocking that we saw them in the wild card round. Honestly, uh, big hopes for the Bucks, but they still produced at a pretty high level this season. I'm still going with Tampa Bay. So you mentioned you mentioned Alex Smith. I think Bruce Arians said something that was really smart a couple of days ago. I know everyone looks at Washington's record. They're seven and nine. They're under 500. Alex Smith is five and one. This isn't a seven and nine football team that's playing. It's a five and one football team that's going to be playing against the Bucks. So, and then when you look at it like that, I mean, it's a completely different look. I mean, it's the same thing that we're going to be getting with at, you know what, tell you what, perfect segue into my game, really. Uh, you know, whenever you're looking at it, uh, the Chicago Bears are going to be going uh, to New Orleans to face the Saints. And like you said, this is a five and one Washington team under Alex Smith. This is a six and three Chicago Bears team under Mitch Trubisky. Uh, this is a this is a different team whenever you're looking at it from an offensive standpoint. And they this is two teams that have already faced off earlier in the season. We saw them both go to overtime earlier, and this was under Nick Foles. Uh, this was an interesting game to watch, definitely going into overtime because the Bears looked like they had it. The Saints came all the way back. It looked like the Bears were buried, and then the Bears put on 10 points at the end to send it to overtime. It, it really wasn't very interesting game. And it, it, to, to say the least, I mean, I think it was absolutely phenomenal to watch. As a Bears fan, sure, a little bias, but a great game nonetheless. 
very, very competitive. And now a little bit of a new look offense back then. Nagy was calling the plays and Nick Foles was at the helm. Now Trubisky's in and the plays are going through Bill Lazor. Uh, RJ, let me get an X factor for the Bears in this game. I mean, come on. It's our boy. It's Mitch. I mean, this guy, yeah, you mentioned he got benched early in the year for Nick Foles. Nick Foles came in, couldn't do anything. He gets benched. They bring Trubisky back in, and he is a different player. The last month and a half, Mitch Trubisky has been one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. He's been very good, especially when you look at where he's come from in years prior. We got to remember, this kid only started one year in college. And then you throw him into the NFL and you're expecting him to just produce right off rip. And it's like, come on. Like at some point we have to give these players more time before we label them a bust and we throw them out onto the street. Mitch Trubisky has been playing for his job this last month and a half. And I think he's earned it. You mentioned the game that was earlier this year. Nick Foles led the bears to an overtime game against the saints. Nick Foles was the quarterback, and now Mitch is the quarterback. Mitch is better. Drew Brees was healthier when that game was played than he is now, and the Bears still almost found a way to win that game. Now, both teams are completely different than they were in November. I get it, but with Mitch at the helm, I really like what this Bears offense has done. I tell you what, and the the one concern right now, and I'll turn it over to you, Matt, the one concern right now for the New Orleans Saints is Alvin Kamara. Obviously on the COVID list last week, uh, definitely a little bit of a concern. We're waiting to see if he's going to be able to test negative a couple times in a row, according to NFL standards, to get back on the field. Do you think that the Bears could pull it off if Alvin Kamara is not in this game? I don't think the Bears stand a chance in this game. Uh, point blank, period. Uh, I got the stats to prove it. Uh, whether you think Drew Brees can still throw or not, he has 24 touchdowns, six interceptions this season. His passer ratings over 100. In games against the Bears over the last 10 seasons, Drew Brees is 5-0 and with 10 touchdown passes and zero interceptions. The Bears have beat one team with a winning record this season, that being the Bucks in Week 5. We all remember that game. I don't think they can do it. Kamara or not, uh, you either give it to Kamara and let him win the game or Brees can throw his way into a victory. I don't think the Bears stand a chance. I know that didn't have that much to do with Kamara, but yeah, I had, I had to throw that out there. First off, ouch. Second, uh, Jamil, going to you. Uh, we'll turn it over to you. Uh, let me get a question. Uh, just give me a, a little bit of an X factor for the Saints in this game. What do you think is going to be a difference maker for them? Uh, it's going to be Michael Thomas if he can play. Um, last time these two teams played, Mike T didn't play, and uh, he he's – the second engine on the Saints team, him and Kamara, they, they would keep the offense going. He's a target machine. Uh, he gets the ball and he does good work with it on these short slants and drags and little curls, dink and duck passes. Uh, he makes plays with the ball in his hands. And that's something the Bears didn't have to deal with last time these two teams played. And this, if you can strap up along with, with AK, uh, it could be problems for the Bears. But if they both sit, uh, Saints might be in real trouble. All right, RJ, we'll throw it over to you. Who you got, Saint, uh, Bears at Saints? Well, the NFL bailed the Saints out by putting this game on Sunday and really helping the chances that Alvin Kamara plays in this game. But I don't think it's going to matter. The Chicago Bears are going to go upset the Saints. Matt, you threw all those stats out there. You know what that tells me? The Bears are due. 
All right, Matt, uh, we got your opinion on that. Obviously going with the Saints on that one. Jamil, we'll turn it over to you, Bears or Saints. Uh, I'm going to go with the Saints. Uh, if they can get their two playmakers back, I think the Bears are in real trouble. And the Bears' offense, obviously, it's been better over the past month, but they still haven't played anybody particularly good on defense during the stretch. And I think they need to show it versus a good defense. I'm going to go with my Bears on this one, not only as a homer pick, uh, but like we've said, the, we've said this over the last couple of pick'em videos, the offense is rolling at a different level. Sure, you may have seen it stymied a little bit against the Packers last week, but that was a completely different game. Really, that game got blown out of the water in the fourth quarter because otherwise it was 21-16 going into the fourth. It was a very, very intricate game, a very like dink and dunk long drives and 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 the bears showed that they have the ability to do it the bears showed that they have the ability to really take their time and do a long drive instead of relying on a big play uh mitch showed that he has offensive competency and i think it's going to come into effect here against new orleans i think they're going to find a way to stick it out bringing us to the final game in the nfc the rams are going to be traveling to the seattle seahawks and guys john wolford all right, that's the big statement. Does John Wolford have what it takes? Uh, RJ, I'll start with you. No, it's a shame. If Jared Goff was playing this game, and I think we know how me and Will feel about Jared Goff, if Goff was playing this game, I would pick them to beat the Seahawks. But John Wolford is not about to win a road playoff game at Seattle. No chance. Seahawks by double digits. Matt, John Wolford, believe in him, do you? I, you know, I think the same thing goes for me. If, if Jared Goff was playing, I do like the Rams odds. Uh, I'm not going to say Seahawks by double digits because they're going against the best pass defense in the league. One of the best pass defenses ever. Um, yeah, I got to go with the Seahawks, but it's going to be close, honestly. Jamil, I, I'm assuming you also don't believe in John Wolford at this point. Yeah, I'm going to go up the Seahawks, but I think this game is going to be pretty ugly, honestly. You know, it's two division rivals. They play each other twice already this season. Um, the, Ra the Rams have a stellar defense. I think it's going to be Russell Wilson pulling something out of his hat in the end to get the win. Jamil, do you also think that if Jared Goff was in this game, the Rams would win this game? Uh, kind of, yeah, because that defense is so good that they just need a little bit of offense. But uh, Goff, I'm pretty sure Goff isn't out yet. I don't know if they're, they're saying he's like game time with his broke thumb. I mean, if they could find a way for him to throw it four fingers, maybe they could play him. <laughs> if he plays, I'm changing my pick. There you go. We, we've heard that from RJ. And I tell you what, screw you, Jared Goff. I don't fucking like you. Uh, I'm not going with you no matter if you're playing or not. In fact, I hate you even more because John Wolford got us in the playoffs. So don't forget it. But the Cinderella story ends here. Shout out Wolford. You looked somewhat competent in your first game I'm not gonna lie other than an interception to start the game honestly he kind of settled in a little bit didn't have a touchdown didn't have a another interception after that but kids got wheels kid was moving uh definitely had a lot of scramble yards moved a lot quicker than I thought he could so shout out to him uh so all unanimous going with the Seattle Seahawks on that one uh and uh, pending Jared Goff's uh, uh status on the game apparently but that'll bring us to the end of the wild card round those are the six games that we have going on uh, obviously the lowest seed from the NFC will face the Packers. The lowest seed from the AFC will go on to face the Kansas city chiefs, but we'll be back for that episode whenever we get there. So until next time, any closing words on this one, on the wild card round, go bucks, go baby. Bucks. Go Titans, go bills, bear, bear go down, baby. Circle those wagons. Let's break some tables. And, and, and until next time, we'll catch you in the next one. <laughs>
Peace.